Getting on the same page with finances can be tricky. Learn how you can communicate better with your spouse about money and more. Welcome to Couple Money, a podcast focused on helping spouses get on the same page, dump their debt faster, and get on the path to financial freedom together. I'm your host, Elle Martinez. This podcast is brought to you by Coastal Credit Union. Coastal's mission is to help you live a better life by offering you a better way to bank. Learn how by visiting bankbetter.org. No one wants to have money be this source of stress in their lives. Not in a strictly financial sense where you're worried about the bills and definitely not in your marriage. And yet it's usually listed as one of the top reasons spouses have fights. And if you have debt, it's even more of an issue. In one study with couples who carry debt, they found that 48% of those with over $50,000 of debt listed money as a stress point compared to 23% of those with less than $10,000 of debt. And it makes sense, right? The more debt you have, the more your current income is tied up to pay for it. So then couples usually want to come up with some plan to pay off their debt. But they hit a wall when it comes to making and executing a plan. There's just too much tension and blame to get things rolling. But if you listen to this podcast for a while, you've heard stories of couples who have overcome huge issues like having massive amounts of debts or being hit with financial infidelity or being on the brink of bankruptcy, yet they've managed to come out stronger. How do you get there though? Well, the key with all of these couples was that they were able to have better conversations about money and more. But it's not always easy to get started. So today, Tracy Phillips is going to share how we can communicate better. As a leadership and performance strategist, Tracy assists her clients in identifying core challenges with her unique strengths in translating both what they say and those nonverbal cues. So in this episode today, we're going to get into better understanding where our spouse is coming from with money, common mistakes couples make when talking about finances, and how to work through disagreements to defuse a potential money fight and move forward. Let's get started. Money can be a hot topic in relationships, even if you two have similar dreams and goals. We're coming at our finances, kids, and life with different perspectives and histories. And that difference can be bigger than we realize. But for most of us, it's something we don't acknowledge until we have a problem. The budget was broken again. And talking about money then is harder because we're focused on the immediate problem, which in turn can make communicating harder because we're locked in a mode of fixing the symptom instead of addressing the bigger issue of not having a financial system that reflects our priorities and values as a couple. In fact, we tend to skip that first step, understanding where our spouse is coming from. The first thing I find is where we struggle oftentimes is that when we're communicating at all, Mm -hmm. We usually are only thinking about the lens through which we're looking out into the world or we're, Mm -hmm. we're thinking about the particular topic. So if this is, you know, finances, you know, it's, it's, how are we, how are we identifying? What is our relationship with the concept of money? So start off there. 
how does your spouse view money? How do you view money? And then talk about why. It's, it's an operational pattern based on what they experienced in their home growing up, right? Around mm-hmm. their parents, maybe their parents' relationship with money and how their parents communicated around money. Uh, the choices each parent made around money. I mean, half the stuff isn't even ours and we're still operating from this place. And because we aren't curious about trying Mm -hmm. to figure out why we operate this way, we never figure out where those, you know, those points where Mm -hmm. we become blocked in our communications, where they even come from and how, what we can do about them. And another point to keep in the back of your mind as you're talking about this is just make sure that you're coming in this with genuine intentions of listening. What I mean here is that you're not in a rush to correct the problem or try to offer solutions immediately, but that you're just listening to what they're saying and mentally making notes about their opinions, their ideas, and their viewpoints. You know, what I always tell people is if we can, you know, let's look mm-hmm. at our, let's look at our intention, right? Mm-hmm. For having a conversation. Is it simply to get information across to someone? Like I have uh, some mm-hmm. things I need to communicate. I just need you to hear them. Yeah. Is it connection? One thing I always tell people is if it can be curiosity, not only you being curious about the other person's, where their other person's coming from with this, mm-hmm. you know, and even if you don't agree, to, to just be curious about understanding where they're coming from. You don't have to like it. You don't have to agree with it. You don't have to be on the same viewpoint as it. Yeah. But if you can be curious about learning about it, you can also be curious about, well, that kind of makes me wonder why I'm coming from this particular pattern. Now, this advice sounds good, right? Trying to understand where you're coming from, but how do you actually apply it? Well, we decided to do a question from the reader mailbag. Tracy was kind enough to walk us through a situation that a community member was having. To protect her privacy, let's call her Dinah. Dinah and her husband, Oliver, are having difficulties because they're financial opposites. She's a saver. She likes to set aside money for long-term dreams and goals, but he's more interested in enjoying the now. They both find managing finances stressful, but Oliver's take is letting Dinah handle the finances. So she's struggling to find a way to budget when he's a spender that's out of the loop, which is a tough spot to be in. You know, the first thing I say is when it comes to, and it kind of is what we were talking about before, when it comes to conversations, we're usually leading from our own viewpoint, right? Yeah. The lens by which we are looking at the situation. But we're also bringing our history with us, right? And again, mm-hmm. as, I, as I spoke to you, that history has a lot to do with the family we grew up in, whether it was mm-hmm. our, with our parents, with our grandparents, you know, the, the, the family of origin, as we yeah. say. And how that family of origin operated when it came to money. We mm-hmm. are very reactionary as human beings, and especially at young ages. It's like we decide to either do what they do or we decide to do what they don't do, right? We say, I'm yes. going to raise my kids the way my parents raised me or I'm going to mm-hmm. raise my kids the way, you know, the opposite. Yeah. And so that's a reaction, right? Either mm-hmm. from a good experience or a bad experience. And so one of the things that I like to look at is mm-hmm. the f- where do where are we operating from much of the mm-hmm. time you know when we're thinking but then when we're communicating and there's four areas of hiccup that okay. tends to create the challenges that we see in conversations and in trying to like with finances trying to make decisions around what we do with our money these uh, operate around the concept of being right looking good 
mm-hmm. being safe and being comfortable. And as we're looking at the four of these, just understand that many times whenever we approach something from a certain perspective, it's a mix of different motivations. So the concept of looking good, you know, is a lot of men starting at the age of middle school are kind of conditioned to be islands. You are here to protect, mm-hmm. provide, and serve. You are here to make the money. I mean, things are changing, but let's yeah. just go off of how it's been for a while. You're here to make the money, solve the problems, you know, take care of your family, you know, be, be all you can be, right? Mm-hmm. And then some. Like, but basically be the problem solver. Now, the problem is, is we raise the boys to think this way, but we don't give them really the support because you're also not mm-hmm. supposed to ask for help. You're also mm-hmm. supposed to have all the answers. You're not supposed to show, you know, uh, you know, negative emotions around it. You're supposed to just have mm-hmm. it all together. And, and how do they do that, right? Where do they turn for help? It's what I found when I worked with mm-hmm. the men in Butner. They were ex-executives mm-hmm. who all found themselves imprisoned. Why? Because they didn't think they could ask for help. And they just kept making a series of decisions based on trying to look good, doing what they thought their job, their, you know, culture was expecting of them, but really ultimately not having a clue of what they were doing. And so we do this and it's not just for men. I mean, women, depending on how they were raised and in what industries they are, I mean, sometimes in certain corporate situations, showing you don't know is like corporate suicide. You know, you really Mm -hmm. need you know, to put that good front up, like, if I don't know, I'll figure it out. Um, the self-made concept. Next one is being right. And that's very mm-hmm. similar. To, I mean, they're all very similar. You know, being right is oftentimes we go into these conversations and we're just so focused on our way is the mm-hmm. right way, you know, that we're, if we look at the outcomes, like, what do you really, after, you know, you get into this conversation, mm-hmm. it becomes an argument. You're like, what am I even shooting for here? What's the outcome I want? Is it to come up with a solution for our finances? Or is at this point in the, in the argument, is it just to be right? Next one is being comfortable. A lot of times we want things to be different, but mm-hmm. we don't want to leave our Last comfort zone safe. in order for and that. And so that, this is happen, one, not to right? say that only women to happen. have this place of, you know, they yeah. always but, say, you know, what I've heard in a lot of conversations, no usually there. behind the scenes, I don't know if I really trust that, you know, he he does know what he's doing or that he Mm -hmm. is fully on board or he is fully committed or I have this sense that maybe this isn't safe. It's going to be a dragging situation. And then if God forbid something bad happens, it becomes that lash out of, I told you so. So how do we get past those hurdles, start communicating better and actually work as a team with money? Tracy has three key strategies to help you get unstuck. The first strategy is focusing not necessarily on what your spouse is doing or not doing, but instead how you feel based on those actions. Speak from what you're feeling, not putting it on the other person. They may have triggered you, but they can't make you feel any particular way, right? You can state, I feel this about the situation. I feel scared. I feel confused. I feel out of my element. You know, using language like that is really helpful. Because we can start to get out of the place of just wanting to stay comfortable, mm-hmm. to, to express where we're actually coming from, and hear mm-hmm. that in the other person as well, and not feel like we have to fix it in the moment, but just mm-hmm. really communicate it. The second strategy that Tracy suggests when you're trying to sync up with your spouse 
starting small and opening things up with a trial. Let's just try it for a week yeah. and see how we feel. Like I'll always mm-hmm. use that language. Like you're, we're not, you know, we don't need to change. I worked with one client a number of years ago and he was yeah. clearly not in his zone of genius and where he wanted to be in his career. And so I was suggesting that, you know, he go and talk to certain people. He goes, well, I'm not leaving my job. I'm like, no, we're no. not leaving your job. There's, we didn't have that conversation. We're just going to try these other things. And of course, those mm. other things ended up offering him an opportunity to go in the direction he wanted to go. Mm. But a lot yeah. of times that hard and fast shift mm-hmm. is what we, I mean, we're still want to meet, want to be comfortable. So what baby steps can we take out of that comfort mm-hmm. zone where we still feel relatively comfortable, but that we are taking steps in a direction of, of possibility that might mm-hmm. take us where we want to go as opposed to where we are now. And then the final strategy that we talked about is leading by example. It's hard to admit when we feel scared or when we feel uncomfortable or we don't feel like we're the expert about a certain area, but opening up about why we feel vulnerable can also make conversations go a lot smoother. Being willing to, like I said, be vulnerable, being willing to hear things maybe we don't want to hear about ourselves or about the way we're looking at things or approaching things or whatever it happens Mm -hmm. to be. Because again, it's ultimately what is our end game? What is our intention? Is it to come to a place where we both are comfortable in our way of dealing in this case with our finances that both voices are heard, you know, that we're looking for the win-win because if we're looking for the win-win mm-hmm. and both are trying to be right or both are trying to stay comfortable or, you know, some version of these things, then we're probably not going to hit that end game or that final intention of coming together. I hope these tips and strategies give you guys a better idea of how you can work together on money and more. segment is brought to you by Coastal Credit Union. If you want to live better, you got to bank better. Find out how at bankbetter.org. Before we wrap up, I want to share a few key takeaways I got from preparing this episode, as well as a money tip that you can use this week. The first one is take a step away from the numbers. I know our immediate reaction when we're dealing with debt that's bothering us or we have a budget that's just not working is we want to jump into the numbers. But with a lot of couples, that's not going to be the best approach because finances is simply a symptom of something else going on. And one of the best things you can do is figure out where your husband or wife, where they're coming from when it comes to handling the finances. It might not make sense to you, but when you get a better context of why they view money, maybe they see it as abundant and so they're not as stressed out with the budget, or if they grew up and they felt like money was scarce, that they're a little more conservative and they hold on to it a little bit more. When you have that context, it's much easier to figure out a way to move forward. And that leads to the second point, which is be an attentive listener. I've been guilty of this sometimes where I'm having a conversation and I'm trying so hard to win them over that I'm not really listening. I'm actually wasting an opportunity. I'm not going to be effective and you're not going to be effective if you're so busy focused on the outcome that you're not listening to what they're saying. What's the reason for how they're approaching their finances? How comfortable do they feel about carrying this debt? When you understand and you're genuinely curious about how they feel about something. 
you're more likely to have them listen to you and that the two of you can come out with a plan that doesn't feel like a compromise, but actually reflects what's important to both of you. And finally, the money tip for this week, if you haven't already, is to have a savings account for a specific mutual goal that you have. It can be a family vacation, home renovation, whatever you want. You can open one up at your local bank or credit union or keep the money in your general savings but have a tally on a spreadsheet. This is important because if you're both thrilled and ready to tackle this, you're going to start naturally communicating more. You're going to be thinking of ways to play to your strengths so that you can reach your goal faster. And many times, once you have those skills, a lot of couples then translate it to the other accounts, to the budget, to the savings and investing. So this is an opportunity on a small scale to work together on a common goal and then move forward with other parts of your finances. And if you want to talk about this more, how the two of you can start those conversations, if you hit a hurdle, how to overcome them, don't forget we have a free and private Facebook group called Thriving Families. We have hundreds of families in there now, and we're all about supporting each other, not just with our financial goals, but how to thrive together as families. So if you want to join, just head over to couplemoney.com slash FB. We'd love to see you there. Special thanks to Tracy for being a part of the show. If you want to learn more or perhaps work with her, you can visit theinnatecoach.com. And I also want to say thank you to our sponsor, Coastal Credit Union. If you're in the Raleigh-Durham area of North Carolina and you're looking for a better banking option, please check out Coastal Credit Union. They have competitive rates on their accounts, great services, and a team that's focused on helping you with your finances holistically. You can see all that they have to offer at bankbetter.org. Next week on the podcast, we're continuing this theme of love and money with merging finances, specifically when one or both of you are bringing in debt. Who's responsible for what? How do you come up with a plan together to knock out this debt? And how do your credit scores affect one another? So if you haven't already, make sure you're subscribed. You don't want to miss out on that episode. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it. And if you want to share this show with your friends, I would be so grateful. Let's make money a way to connect instead of being a wedge. Our theme song was by Gentle Regime, additional music by Lee Rosevere and audio. Finally, and most importantly, thank you so much. I appreciate your support and thoughtful comments, questions, reviews that you've been leaving. I read them all and I hope you have a wonderful week. Take care.